Welcome to Repro's Fight Back, a podcast on all things repro. I'm your host, Jenny Wetter, and each episode I will be taking you to the front lines of the escalating fight over our sexual and reproductive health and rights at home and abroad. Each episode, I will be speaking with leaders who are fighting to protect our reproductive health and rights to ensure that no one's reproductive health depends on where they live. It's time for Repros to fight back. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Repros Fight Back. I'm your host, Jenny Wetter. A quick bit of housekeeping before we start today's episode. Uh, recently, I went to Vancouver to a conference on maternal and reproductive health called Women Deliver. And while I was there, I had the opportunity to record a series of four interviews. So over the summer, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to end up airing um, the show weekly. So I'm going to continue recording new episodes to keep us updated on the news and things that are currently happening on our normal every other week schedule. But on the off weeks when I don't normally have an episode, we're going to air some of this bonus content from Women Deliver. So keep an ear out for that. That'll be starting next week. Um, And with that, I'm going to turn you to today's interview with Yamani Hernandez. Thank you. Hi, Yamani. Hi. So glad to be here. Thank you for being here. I'm really grateful. So there has been kind of a wild amount of restrictions happening in the States for a while, but particularly in the last couple weeks, um, maybe we want to start talking a little bit about what what we're seeing right now. Um, well, at with abortion funds, we have known for a long time that Roe has never been a promise to abortion access, and so have been navigating barriers for a really long time. Um, we're in a unique position um, with the president that we have and the Supreme Court that we have that that has put um, more emphasis on a lot of lies and misinformation about abortion. And what we're seeing is the results of of decades of anti-choice strategy coming to fruition, where where we are seeing um, outright bans on abortion that are unconstitutional um, and at a pace that is hard to keep up with. And um, I think part of that is to tire us out and um, to also to really start to push towards constitutional change and, and trying to basically overturn turn Roe. And you made a really great point that I think often gets lost in the coverage. And so often we the focus is on Roe being overturned, and that's going to be the final uh, point of where people are going to lose access. But... I mean, as you pointed out, Roe is not really the reality for a lot of people on the ground already. Yeah, we like to say Roe is the floor, not the ceiling. It's the bare minimum of what what we need. Um, and so we, of course, don't want to see it overturned. Um, but also the the full promise of, of um, having legal abortion um, has not been realized with um, things like the Hyde Amendment, which prohibit public funding for abortion and make it impossible for many people to access care based on how much money they make or uh, where they live and, and what insurance they have. And then other barriers that aren't addressed by things like the Hyde Amendment um, and the fact that 90% of counties don't have an abortion provider. And so for far too long, abortion patients have been traveling across state lines to get to care, even with Roe. And it's great to see right now that Hyde is becoming a part of the larger conversation. It was great to see during the um, a couple weeks ago 
where um, uh, Biden said that he didn't support repealing Hyde and it was quickly shut down that that was the minimum that people are asking for from their presidential candidates. Yes, um, we are so excited to see that. We saw that in the 2016 election um, that Hyde for the first time became a part of the Democratic Party platform. And now um, as we're headed towards this election, we can see that um, pretty much all of the Democratic candidates are it's it's a it's a basic standard um, of understanding that abortion has to be legal and accessible for all. And we also know that we didn't get here by accident. So um, it's been actually the leadership of women of color, um, like the coalition um, All Above All, that have really been pushing over the last five plus years to to get this to be into the into the mainstream and the political lexicon of of, yeah. of of lawmakers and legislators and you know abortion funds were pioneers in that work as well and um, for 20 years um, pioneered on on the Hyde Amendment as the as the main and only policy issue they worked on um, so we're super excited to be helping power that campaign all above all campaign and for the leadership of other folks who have made it possible to get to this moment. Yeah, and I think also worth a shout out is this year for the first time, the Each Woman Act, which would, among other things, repeal Hyde, was introduced mm-hmm. in the Senate for the first time. So for all of the hard work, that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And um, All Above All has, has been um, instrumental in that at the federal level and also a lot of state, um, some of the state progressive state changes that we've seen as well um, have been a, a lot of work from all above all campaign. And so um, we are super excited to see it, it's not a tip for tat, but you know, for every really horrible thing that has happened in the last few weeks um, and months, we also have seen some really bright spots um, like Maine and Illinois. And so um, we're trying to hold on to what's possible at the state level and hoping that it you know, be, rolls up and becomes a tidal wave towards um, the federal level as well. Yeah, when New York's change came, that just felt so needed because it just was yeah. kind of this unrelenting slog of terribleness for so long. So to see like a great new policy was um, a breath of fresh air. Absolutely. So unfortunately, to go back to some of the things we're seeing in the States. So, you know, the um, anti-choice people are using really emotional, evocative language to try and push basically total bans on abortion. Um, To me, we want to talk about a little bit of what that would mean for some of the states that are already um, have a lot of restrictions in place. Yeah. Um, I mean, we hear from our members in in the South in particular, but also in the Midwest. I think sometimes yeah. the Midwest gets le- left out of the conversation. Um, but yeah, we hear from our members in the South. Welcome. Welcome to the reality that we have been fighting for a long time. Um, and and also like, thank you for kind of waking up to to what's been happening. So these bans on abortion, uh, these are not the first times that they have been tried um it's just they're you know they've been beaten before and so like you said um there's there's a cultural moment that's happening right now where where the general public is being um significantly manipulated or trying to be manipulated because we know that 77 percent or or whatever it is seven out of ten um americans want there to be safe and legal abortion even if they would never have one um but then you hear 
this rhetoric that is just outright lies, you know, talking about nonsensical things like post-birth abortions and murder and all of these words that are really inflammatory and confuse the public about what abortion is. Um, I think your average person doesn't always even know what an abortion is um, and or that it happens, that a lot of them happen before 10 weeks and with pills. And, you know, so if you listen to this rhetoric, you can be really confused and also polarized and manipulated in a way that that results in in some of these fantastical things becoming a reality for some people. Um, And I think it's heartening to see that, you know, as as swiftly as like an abortion ban in Alabama might have have come to pass, there's also been a swift backlash to that as well. And um, I've been really encouraged by um, the ways that people have really showed up and flooded in donations and requests to volunteer and ask for other ways that they can support um, on the ground and um, to making sure that abortion stays legal um, and that for the cases that where it may not, that people can still get to care by traveling. Um, And then we also know that traveling will not be possible for every person. And so that is why we have to, you know, kind of always keep this two pronged approach that abortion funds always do, which is, you know, we try to take care of the people that we have now um, while also trying to fight for the political and cultural change that we that we need because we know that we can't take care of everybody at once. I'm really glad that um, there is a seems to be a little pause in all of the bans passing in the states because for a while with everything happening, I was doing rage donating and (laughs) having to give to the abortion funds in Alabama and Georgia and Missouri and, um, which was great, but I needed, I needed a cooling off month. And I think, so, you know, I think another thing that these bands are doing is they're getting so much publicity, which is good, but it's also scaring people away and thinking that abortion is not legal in their state. And that they can't go get care. And I think that's also another important myth to talk about is that right now abortion is still legal. You can still get care in all 50 states. Yes. Um, Yeah, I've heard a lot of abortion funds changing their outgoing messages to have that as a first first line when you answer the phone is, you know, abortion is legal in all 50 states. Abortion is still legal, et cetera. Yeah, um, it's a, I mean, even before this, people have been confused because there's just a lot of misinformation online. There's, in some states, there's 300 crisis pregnancy centers or fake clinics to one abortion provider. So in a state where you have 300 organizations and fake clinics trying to um, actively deceive people from being able to get the abortions that they want and need, um, it's it's you know it's been a struggle actually for people to understand that there's nothing wrong with with an abortion um that it is legal that is your human right not just your constitutional right but a human right um for you to decide if when and how you make your family absolutely and beside the bans there have been you know real targeted efforts trying to close clinics with things mm-hmm. that sound i think to a lot of people on their face fairly innocuous but are actually really designed to just um, close clinics, you know, saying that an do- uh, abortion provider needs admitting privileges at a local hospital. And I think 
when you talk to people who aren't like steeped in this stuff, it seems like, well, yeah, that mm-hmm. seems perfectly logical, but it can, right. but it's really detrimental and can force clinics to close. Yeah. Um, and that's why for us, political education is really important. Um, people have asked, you know, what our individual membership is and what we do with it. And for us, it's more than just uh, an email list, um, but um, a place where we are doing, you know, trying to do deeper education with individuals to help un- help them understand this issue and, and the complexities about it. Um, we've got a um, political education st- series that's going to be getting started that is tackling um, with our individual members and our fund members some of the nuances about abortion access that, you know, kind of get at some of those things that you think would be innocuous, but then when you really look at them, you're like, oh, this is completely racist, or, you know, Mm -hmm. like, there's some really problematic things about the way this is messaged, or, you know, and these are ways that I can um, adjust um, the way I think and talk about this issue, and um, we think that's really important, because sometimes people just want to jump in and, you know, like, take action, quote unquote, and um, whether that's volunteering and, you know, you saw this, uh, what was it called? The auntie network where people were saying, you know, I have a a couch and come to me and I can support you. And it's for us, we feel like it's really not that simple. Like you need to have some baseline knowledge about these, about the issue, about abortion, about the procedure, about the the climates um, in which people are having abortions and the things that they might be dealing with, the intersecting oppressions that they might be dealing with as they're navigating abortion care um, in order to support someone going through it. And I think that leads to like the really important point, which is who's going to be the most impacted? You know, I'm a white woman living in Washington, D.C. I'm going to be fine. But Mm -hmm. the people that are going to be impacted aren't the people who look like me. I mean, we, most of the people that have abortions are people of color that are impacted by racism and economic injustices in this country and um, that impact their decision making around whether they start to parent at all or whether they expand their families. So, yeah, I mean, we have some data from a national, the Tiller Fund that we operate, um, have operated and 50% of those callers are African-American. And so we are pretty clear on, you know, who our core constituencies are and who our work is for and about. And it's just so important to make sure that everybody who wants to be able to access abortion care or decides they want a parent has the resources they need. And right now that just exactly. doesn't exist. So, you know, you talked about the creation of the anti-network, uh, mm-hmm. and I think it r- brings us to the perfect point of saying a lot of that already infrastructure already exists with abortion funds. Yeah. Um, so you want to talk a little bit about what abortion funds are? Sure. Um, so abortion funds are grassroots organizations that are locally based and rooted, um, predominantly volunteer-led, run, and powered, that basically help remove the financial and logistical barriers to access, to abortion access, while also fighting against the political and cultural barriers that make their work necessary. So abortion funds help raise and um, pay for abortions. They help pay for and provide rides, childcare, and um, housing. Some of them have... um, doulas, abortion doulas, um, or partnerships with abortion doulas, and are looking at emotional supports for people 
who are having abortions. So, and abortion funds have been around longer than the National Network of Abortion Funds, which is 26 years old. And 22 abortion funds started the National Network of Abortion Funds in 1993. And now we have um, 76 abortion funds residing in 41 states. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Um, and 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 so out of, out of those 76, 29 have um, paid staff and the rest are volunteer led and run. And the average budget size of a um, abortion fund, we just got our 2018 data back, is $175,000, so very small, um, with the average abortion funding budget of um, just under $40,000. So um, these are very small organizations, um, and we are really looking to build strong leaders and stable organizations with abortion funds. And um, that's where we come in as a national organization. We really support abortion funds on pretty much every aspect of their work, whether it's the technical aspects like operational things like helping with getting their boards together or um, finance, finance or legal supports um, and other operational things to um, leadership development to um, network building, like convening abortion funds in regions and helping support them, you know, organizing and advocating and coordinating their work across states to movement building and grassroots fundraising, where um, we host the National Abortion Access Bulletin, which is where abortion funds raise a- about half of their annual budgets. And they're a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also a lot of fun. Um, and we believe that abortion access does not have to be something that is not fun. Um, abortion, um, the bulletin and and all and all of our events are really aimed at being funky and fun and irreverent and um instilling hope and joy and we really believe that our joy and our hope are are part of um ways that we resist. Um we you know, uh, Miriam Kaba um, a prison abolitionist and expert on transforming harm told us at our last summit, um, this quote from Audre Lorde, that despair is the tool of our enemies. You know, if they, if it's up to them, we will be sad and sullen and dehydrated and, you know, completely not taking care of ourselves um, until we wither away. And we aren't willing to do that. Um, and so we find ways that we build our technical strength, but that we also build community and alignment in our values and our wisdom and um, the ways that we take care of each other. Yeah, I also really like, so, you know, I support my local abortion fund, but I also like through the National Network's website, when you give a donation, you can Mm. select the abortion fund you want it to go to. So Mm -hmm. I was able to tie my monthly um, donations to one of the abortion funds back home, which is Wisconsin. So it's nice to be able to, one, for people, you can go out and support your local one, or you can find a state where you think might need help and go out and support them as well. Yeah, we we really try to um, not make it an either or thing, but um, operate from a place of abundance and um, and encourage people to do both. I mean, they, they do different things, right? You know, like if people want to directly fund abortion, then we always direct people straight to their local abortion funds. And um, we recognize the power that we have as a national organization, but are also trying to really dismantle what it means to be a national organization, um, because we really are rooted in the local power of our members. And, you know, 
our, our board is predominantly member-based. Our staff is um, a third um, directly from our membership. Our staff is 75% um, people of color. Um, it's gender expansive. It's multi-religious. You know, we're really trying to make sure that we are doing this work in a way that that represents um, people most impacted and that it's not, you know, a bunch of elderly white women that are sitting in a room deciding what's going to happen at the national level for um, communities of color in the South and the Midwest and, and all over the country. That's really important. And it's so important to reflect your values. Um, let's see. Anything else you want to talk about about abortion funds? I'm always just, I am in love with this network. I, yeah, every day I'm, in, I'm inspired by the work that they do. And, you know, I really try to, you know, sometimes there's a, a narrative around like, you know, a single charismatic leader. And I feel like our network is really leader full. Um, and we are like, you know, we cross pollinate with each other and learn a lot from each other, both, you know, nationally, locally, you know, if anything, I want to just lift up that that piece about being a network and the fact that even though we are a national organization and we can't really get around that, um, we are always really trying to dismantle what that what that means and how we can share power with our members and what that means for operations and, and the ways that we do our work. So I think that one of the things that I got really excited about in the bleakness of the wave of abortion bans recently was one of the first responses I saw to the Alabama one was funding an abortion fund, which I think was mm -hmm. one of the first times I saw that as the immediate response yeah. which was wonderful yeah it was it was definitely it was a shift in the in the tide um and i think you know hillary clinton directed people to abortion to donate to abortion funds both kamala harris and bernie sanders sent out appeals on behalf of um abortion funds and it was really exciting to see like and and is exciting to see a national conversation happening about abortion funds and you know a lot of several of our members have been invited to tables that they haven't you know been invited to before and I'm I'm thrilled about that because you know we have long said that it's the people on the ground that are the best architects of solutions and the mm -hmm. people who are most impacted by this that are are the best um, decision makers around what needs to happen next I think we have you know been doing things a certain way for a long time and have had a lot of missing voices and so I'm thrilled to, you know, see our members being um, lifted up and gone to as experts on this issue. Um, is one of the things that we saw a lot of um, bigger name people doing in response is saying that we need to boycott uh, Alabama mm -hmm. or Georgia. Do you maybe want to take a while, tackle why that's maybe not the best idea? In terms of people advocating for boycotting Alabama and Georgia, um, it discounts how the the people most impacted in um, Alabama and Georgia are impacted by, by a boycott like that. If you're trying to punish the legislators um, who have made poor decision making, you know, challenge them in a political way. Um, but um, taking away job opportunities for local people who already are struggling to get by is not it's not helping the people that you're trying to help. Um, it's a it's a PR stunt that you know gets a lot of traction in the news. But uh, I think it's always important to kind of go back to 
to the states and ask what they need. And all I've heard from Alabama and Georgia is please don't boycott. Um, like don't like the people that we yeah. work with are say that is not helpful. So trust the people who are most impacted and that that is the best decision making. Thank you. I wanted to make sure to lift that up because that's the same thing I've been hearing as well. <clears throat> okay. So I always like to end the podcast with an action. So what can listeners do to support abortion access? Sometimes people think it sounds frivolous to ask people to donate, but for in our cases, um, abortion funds are only able to support almost a fifth of the people that um, a little over the fifth of a fifth of the people who call for help. So um, donations actually make a huge difference. Uh, donations make a huge difference if um, people want to make sure that direct access to care is um, made possible paying for an abortion, paying for the associated costs of getting an abortion, we say is a revolutionary and political act, especially when the government refuses to. So um, we always encourage people to donate. You can donate to your local fund or donate at the national level. And we are building a large fund that regrants to the local fund. Um, then again, we could become a member of abortion funds and anchor to your local fund. Um, abortion funds that org slash member is the way to do that. Um, it's on a sliding scale from zero to $25. You get a cool t-shirt that says everyone loves someone who's had an abortion and other merch with that same message. Yeah, there's the some years. pretty great swag to check out on the <laughs> yeah. site that you should all yeah, get. Yeah, you can bust abortion stigma um, by talking about abortion, participate in our campaigns like the Heart to Heart campaign, which is a cultural change campaign where you basically talk to people in your lives about abortion. Um, if we can't talk to our family members about abortion, it's, it's a little bit harder to make this mass change that we're trying to make. So say abortion, say the word, talk about abortion funds, get connected to your abortion funds, donate to your abortion funds, and stay involved politically as well. Let your local and um, national um, lawmakers know where you stand on this issue. And um, that is all, those are all ways to support us in this work. Wonderful. Well, Yuani, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. For more information, including show notes from this episode and previous episodes, please visit our website at reprosfightback.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at reprosfightback. If you like our show, please help others find it by sharing it with your friends and subscribing, rating, and reviewing us on iTunes. Thanks for listening.